once again, podcast fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. Actually, looking at the calendar, I feel like it uh, actually has been just about a, a full year since we launched this endeavor on CIACsports.com, and we very much thank all of you for, for sticking with us as we uh, hopefully bring you some entertaining material about high school sports, some good conversation and other interesting things here on the high school sports scene in the state of Connecticut. I'm Joel Cookson, uh, happy to be along with you once again. This will be our 27th edition, so we got roughly our uh, our goal of maybe bringing you a podcast every other week or so uh, during the, the year, so hopefully you've enjoyed them as much as we've enjoyed bringing them to you. We've got a very full edition for episode 27 of the CIAC cast. Don't normally have uh, conversations with coaches, but we had a few that we wanted to talk to this week after a big state open indoor championship we have rob murray the coach of danbury's boys indoor track and field team which won the boys state open title and then travis gale the coach of the wilbur cross girls indoor track and field team which came away with the state open championship on the girls side We'll follow that up with a chat with Nick Green of the Hartford Current as he helps us preview what's coming up with the Class Wrestling Championships, which will begin on Friday. And then and going to wrap things up with another current reporter, Tom Yance, who's going to talk to us about the legacy of Doc Hurley in Hartford and across the state and also do a little bit of a boys basketball discussion, although that'll be at the, the tail end of things there. So a very full edition of the CIAC cast. Again, we're very happy to have you along with us. We're excited for some some good conversation. However, I uh, wanted to quick bring you a message from uh, uh, the good friends of the CIAC, the Connecticut Department of Transportation. I know that uh, one of the, the benefits of a podcast is you can listen to it anywhere and imagine that maybe at least a handful of you are listening to us in uh, in your cars as you commute or come to and from school or whatever it may be. And uh, we certainly are, are happy to have you listen to us anywhere, but remind you that when you uh, are in your car, keep your phone stowed away. So if you, you press play to listen to that podcast, we uh, and hope that you'll then just put your phone away as that's the, the message from the Department of Transportation reminding you that sending or receiving a text takes the driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which driving at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of, of an entire football field blind. So please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. So certainly support that message from the Department of Transportation. Hope you will just push play on the podcast and then stow your phone or iPod or whatever it is away and focus on the road ahead. So before we get into our interviews, we're going to bring you our regular feature, things you might have missed on CIAC Sports. Dot com. As always, this time of year, I'll do my annual my plug for the Tournament Central section of CIACsports.com. Quick link on the right side of the CIAC Sports homepage, and that's where you can find all of the results, links, brackets, pairings, rosters, results, schedules, updates, anything you possibly want about CIAC tournament competitions, where you've got results from all of the class and open track and field championships, the seedings for the upcoming wrestling championships, we've got the rankings for boys and girls basketball, for ice hockey, for gymnastics. Just about everything you could possibly want can be found at that Tournament Central link. Also, we have our regular features. Every Monday, we bring you Eye on the CIAC. Just a quick look around what happened the previous week in CIAC competition. And then just about every Friday, we'll bring you an edition of Linked Up, 
which will provide some interesting stories from around the state that we hope you uh, have a chance to read if you haven't seen them the first time around. We'll also be updating throughout the season a linked-up championship edition, which will have the stories uh, from the local papers for all of the teams that earn CIAC championships. You'll be able to check that out on CIACsports.com. Late news story from Max Preps featured on our homepage about the Weaver girls basketball team and how their family atmosphere has helped create some of the success that that they've enjoyed there. Also, a very important story from the National Federation, the some of the football rule changes adopted that will be in place for the 2014 season include some new rules on targeting meant to address player safety. Obviously, always a, a big issue and, and something that uh, is constantly on the minds of fans and, and those involved in the sport of football uh, is those issues involved around player safety. So hope you will check out that story as well. That's just a little bit of a hint. Also have links, <clears throat> excuse me, to upcoming and on-demand NFHS network events, including all of the class track championships and the open championships are all now available on demand. So hope you'll check those out after listening to the interesting discussions that we have with our coaches talking about the the, the meets, then you can go back and relive them on the NFH, NFHS network. So those are just a few of the things you might have missed. Um, oh, and also I should mention uh, when it comes to player safety uh, we talked about in football there's a whole new section basically a a one-stop shop for all of the information on concussion and head injury uh, information that the CIAC has put together it's got links it's got uh, various policies various uh, changes to our policies that have been enacted in the recent uh, weeks or months so encourage you that's right one of the part of the scrolling images on the home page now at cicsports.com you'll see that link come up and it's a one-stop shop that has just about all the information that we've put together on concussion and head injury uh, treatment and diagnosis and all that sorts of stuff so very important things to check out there as well on cicsports.com with all of that said, let's dive into our busy list of guests for this week. First up, his team has just won the Indoor Boys State Track and Field Open Championship. We wanted to chat with Rob Murray of Danbury to get his perspective on his team's state title. We are chatting now with the coach of the the Danbury Boys Indoor Track and Field team after the championship open this past weekend, Rob Murray. Very happy to have him with us to talk about Danbury's uh, state open title. Rob, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's a great opportunity to kind of, you know, talk a little bit about our, uh, our sport of track and field here in Connecticut. Absolutely, and it was a big, uh, a big exciting weekend. So you guys uh, able to come away with the state open championship, and I know it had been sort of a, a run of titles uh, dating back now to the to the FCAC title uh, championship meet, which was uh, a few weeks ago. Can you talk a little bit about sort of what you thought were were the keys uh, for you guys in in earning the championship this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, um, we really have. You know, we've been um, we haven't won a championship since um, 2011 indoors. So, you know, we had a team that, you know, um, had some inexperience. Mm-hmm. And they, um, you know, they, I think they needed to uh, kind of kind of gain some confidence um, in the championship season. So as we kind of got into the, uh, you know, fourth championship, you know, meets that we contest, you know, our first one being our divisional championship, which we actually had staples um, in our division, which mm-hmm. they're always a per- perennial you know, powerhouse in Connecticut, and there we are. You know, we had to start off our divisional with, um, you know, a great team in Staples. So it really prepared us, I think, um, to 
gained, kind of gained confidence um, early, early in the championship season at the divisional meet, and then we took that confidence and um, developed it more at the conference championship where we met in Staples and Richfield, you know, came into the fold at the conference championship as, as well as Darien. Um, and then, you know, that kind of gave us confidence. So I just think, you know, with a, you know, a, a team that hadn't really experienced um, the success of, you know, a championship, you know, meet, um, since we haven't been able to, you know, win a meet in the last two years, um, I think those two early championship meets really were a vital part in us uh, building momentum towards our state tournament, our class double L, and then eventually our, our state open championship. Right. Does that also present any, you know, sort of unique challenges, obviously, just in the sense that, you know, you are sort of, uh, you know, a lot of the top teams, um, within the state, both within the, your class and double L and then at the open, you know, you're, you're squaring off with those same teams. Um, does that present any challenges or do you, did, was it more of a, do you think a help for you, um, you know, having faced, as you said, you know, Ridgefield obviously uh, finished as the runner up to you guys at both the double L and the open. Um, so obviously there was some familiarity there. Was that any, did that present any kind of challenge and did it uh, change your your strategy or your preparation at all, sort of knowing you were going up against teams that that you were familiar with and were familiar with you. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of focus um, a lot on you know just ourselves and our own you know, preparation mm-hmm. um, prior to the championship meet. You know, through the developmental season, um, through the invitational season that you know goes on during the winter before all the uh, championship meets right. are tested in late January and in, in February. Um, so we you know we try to you know set ourselves up, you know, with our personnel, um, see where our personnel is, you know, at some of the early invitations and, you know, start to kind of get a good grasp of, you know, where our, you know, our kids are um, are at and, you know, where we can kind of put them in the best position late in the season um, to contribute, you know, for points and for possibly a championship run. So, um, you know, we went to, you know, a couple of meets down in New York City, down to Armory, went up to Dartmouth mm-hmm. in early in early January. We also went to the, you know, to the Yale invitation. So we didn't really get a chance to kind of go head-to-head with a lot of these you know, state um, powerhouses like that you talked about, the Richfields, the Staples, um, Darien, and stuff like that, until we kind of saw them for the first time at at Yale. Um, you know, so, you know, it's, you know, I think for us, you know, we just focus on, you know, what we need to do from a day-to-day standpoint and then from just kind of preparing ourselves with some invitationals um, and then we try to kind of see how we match up against those other teams. So, you know, um, I think going into the championship season, you know, with all of our, you know, invitation experience, you know, I think we we had confidence that we just um, needed to go out there and just kind of display it, you know, when we got into the championship um, meet. So, you know, strategy-wise, I mean, you know, the kids are working on their particular events, you know, throughout the entire season, you know, Sometimes you have to kind of know the other teams, and it's good to kind of know what Staples has and, you know, the Richfields and the other and Gary Ann's in our conference. You know, we see them during divisionals and conference, so it helps right. us kind of understand, you know, maybe where our personnel can best be placed as we kind of go into the state tournament, the Class L and the state open. Um, you know, sometimes it's much harder when, you know, you maybe have, a, you know, a team from the other side of the state that you don't really see all winter. Um, you know, so you're a little bit, it's a little harder to kind of, use strategy, you know, with your placement of your personnel. So um, I'm not sure if it benefits us more because they got to see us just as much as we got to see them <laughs> right. in those early championship meets. So, um, 
But, I mean, I think just the overall strength of our conference, if you looked at the uh, state open results, I mean, the top four teams were from WFCX and, you know, five of the top ten teams um, were from FCX. So, so those early championship meets, um, you know, definitely prepare us for what we're going to see, you know, later in the uh, state tournament. Right. Um, were there any particular uh, either, you know, surprising results from your team or, or just standout performances that really uh, that you were really uh, impressed by with your group uh, at the Open Championship? I mean, at the Open, I mean, a lot of times at the Open, you know, um, you know, you go through and, you, you know, you see all the marks that all the other individuals from, you know, the teams are putting up during the regular season, you know, mm-hmm. it's accessible on the CSE website, right. you know, with, with the uh, performance list and all that stuff. So, you know, um, you know, the biggest challenge sometimes at the state open is to try to um, collectively put your best performance, you know, out, out there, kind of on the table. Right. You know, at at the same time um, on that particular day, and you know, we were just very fortunate that you know we were entered in ten of the fifteen um, events that are scored at the, at the CSC state open, and we scored in nine of the ten, and almost all the kids. Um, met or exceeded their um, their season best performance, and Great. that in itself just you know being collectively on on the same page when you know it's not like your typical team sport. You're you're kind of out there individually, mm-hmm. you know, you know demonstrating your um, your skills, and you know for each kid to um, give have their own individual focus and and kind of put it out there for their teammates. I think was a was a pretty special um, evening for us. Yeah, is there um. You know, obviously, you're 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 mainly focused, and and I've uh, I've talked to the coach of the uh, the championship team on the on the girls' side as well, and asked the same question. So, um, but is you know you're obviously focused on your team, but um, were there any sort of performances or or you know races or, or events that really stood out to you, kind of as as particularly noteworthy from the uh, from the weekend, whether they were uh, ones that you your team fared particularly well in or not? Was there any kind of Anything that really struck you as as memorable or impressive that you saw? I mean, I know obviously there's a lot of impressive performances, but anything that really uh, really stood out to you? Well, I mean, the the, the women's uh, 1600 was you know an amazing race. I mean, mm-hmm. the depth that was demonstrated um, by the you know the girls of, of Connecticut. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the winter that we had, um, you know, so many girls, you know, most of the girls going on the, the uh, previous uh, state record and. Uh, state open record and um, so many girls, you know, under that five minute barrier, yeah. um, just showed so much, you know, strength um, within our state. Um, some of these girls are, you know, right up there with some of the best nationally ranked girls in, in the country. So that 1600 meter was a pretty special um, race in my mind. I mean, there's some other great individual performances, even at the 1000 meters. Um, you know, out in front of um, the girl from Ram was, was outstanding as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the boys' side, I mean, the rest of the day probably had to go to the 3,200-meter, you know, and two guys going underneath John Ranieri's um, state record. Right. You know, John Ranieri, you know, did that by himself his senior year. <laughs> but, um, you know, the kids you know, the kids from Connecticut this year really stepped up. I mean, there was, a, you know, some serious, you know, racing going on right from the gun. And the kids went out in, like, nine-minute pace, and they kind of held on to that sub-9-10 pace. And, you know, Chris Dombrado, obviously, you know, right now, seven, seven that state mark, and Alex Osterberg, just a junior, also underneath that, um, that previous, you know, state open record of Ranieri, and then the two other kids, two kids, Richfields in third and fourth, were um, not not that far behind um, yeah. as well. So just outstanding performances, especially with, 
you know, just the challenges um, that come with training outside for the mid-distance and distance runners, um, especially during, you know, this wintry you know, season that we've, <laughs> you know, had this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely has been uh, has been challenging for everyone, and I know certainly the the you folks have uh, have had to adapt to some rough uh, rough training conditions. Um, now, kind of just turning turning the eyes forward a little bit, uh, you mentioned the championship season uh, continues for for a lot of teams, and I know you'll be sending some athletes to the uh, New England championships uh, in a few weeks. How are you uh, focusing on that, and what what sort of expectations or, or hopes do you have for for Danbury uh, as that meet approaches? I mean, we always, you know, um, are excited to um, continue on, you know, past uh, the state open, you know, our individual athletes, you know, get a chance to um, kind of feel almost a little bit more relaxed, you know, in a certain sense. I mean, we have a, we're fortunate to have a, a rich history in um, championship success mm-hmm. the team season, you know, with this being our 10th uh, state open championship. And, you know, I think I think our guys actually run a little bit more relaxed, <laughs> you know, going out towards New England where, yeah. you know, team idols is just all individual. Mm-hmm. Um, top six are, you know, all New England and the winner is the New England champion. So, you know, um, in some ways, I think we're a little bit more um, at ease and we can kind of just go out and, um, you know, kind of feel a little bit less pressure. Even though pressure is good um, to a certain degree, I think it does help when the kids kind of feel like they can just kind of take a chance a little bit and, you know, extend themselves and, you know, sometimes in a championship meet you don't want to really, you know, kind of like maybe overextend yourself because, you know, you know your team's kind of those points. Um, but now it's just, you know, all all or nothing, you know, for them individually in their individual events or collectively, you know, as a foursome in the relay. So we're excited, you know, um, to get out there and, you know, try to put out our best performances um, in those events, you know, maybe strengthen up our relays a little bit and try to see um, how many kids we can possibly get. At that, you know, into that all New England status of top six. Yeah, well, certainly something to look forward to, and uh, whether whether it was the the pressure or not, they are uh, certainly an impressive run of performances from uh, from your squad, uh, as you said. Sort of championship season has been uh, uh, an impressive one for Danbury. So we we thank you very much for uh, for joining us, and congratulations to uh, to you and all your all your kids on a on a wonderful season and a wonderful state open meet. All right, thank you so much. Very appreciative for to Rob Murray for taking the time to chat with us and congratulate him again on an outstanding effort for the Danbury Boys indoor track and field team. Now we move on to chatting with his counterpart, another coach who had a big weekend this weekend, Travis Gale, who is the head coach of the Wilbur Cross Girls indoor track and field team, which also captured an indoor championship this weekend. We are chatting now with Travis Gale, the head indoor track and field coach for Wilbur Cross, which this past weekend won a very, very exciting uh, girls indoor track and field state open championship uh, by a very narrow margin, what was a thrilling meet. So, Coach, uh, congratulations, and thanks for being with us to talk about it. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Joe. I do appreciate that as well. Thank you. Sure. Uh, so it was uh, obviously a very exciting meet, and I know, you know, in, in the sports like track and field and some of these kind of things, you know, you can kind of go into a meet with maybe a sense of what might happen based on, you know, times and, sure. and things like that. But uh, yeah. did this meet play out the way you thought it might be, or were there for were there some surprises in there uh, for you this weekend? And if so, what were some of those uh, some of those surprising results? The, I mean, it played out great for us, obviously, because, you know, with the number of girls we had competing, which was about eight, and I, you know, had some alternates, um, 
it, it, it fell in our favor, if I could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, going going into the meet, I knew Darian Staples and us were going to be, you know, kind of the forefront. You know, who's going to do what and who's going to have a really good day or you know a mediocre day. And and what happened was our girls of Wilbur Cross uh, went into the meet. They did what they needed to do. Um, a lot of them PR in their events. Right. Um, you know, Danae in the mile, uh, even Chase went in the 55 dash. And Gabby Curtis, um, you know, she was constantly running, you know, 888s, 888s, 887s. All of a sudden, popped off an 859, and she, <laughs> you know, ties for third. So when you said surprises, I, I have to say Gabrielle's performance in the 55-meter dash kind of hurdles, excuse me, put us over the top because we, you know, we won three events and she got that third place. And right then and there, there's our 46 points, which, you know, secured it. Would I have liked to have scored more? Of course. Um, but that's the way it fell. And, and it was, it was impressive by all the girls and, you know, being their coach for the first time this year, I was very proud of them. And, yeah. you know, they put the work in and they, they did what they needed to do. I, I always say it's another day at the office and, it's, it's your job and, it, and, and you need to have fun with it. And that's what happened. And, and, it, and it worked out and very proud of them. All. Very proud. Yeah. It's certainly a, a wonderful, wonderful performances. As you say, those 46 points was uh, just a, a shade under three more than runner up staples. So it was uh, a yeah. quite an exciting, uh, quite an exciting finish. I know you had uh, several, as you said, several uh, victories at the, at the championship, but just from, from your perspective, what do you think was sort of the keys, uh, either, you know, winning specific races or just kind of in your preparation, what did you so, think were the keys to, to, to coming away with the win? I mean, I knew after the state championship, being able to see the competition level mm-hmm. that our girls really hadn't, I don't want to say lived up to because that's negative, but just knowing that there's really, really good performers in the state of Connecticut that were going to be on hand at the state open meet and just getting a taste of it at the, at the class only, the girls were excited to race again. The girls yeah. were excited to, to, to face off and, and do their best, which is what they did. And, um, you know, with the snow and everything with, with, with not having school and things like that. Yeah, that, that happens. And, and, but every, but everybody else was in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when the meet was moved, they were kind of bummed. And I said, listen, it's, it's in our favor. We're, we're, we have an extra day to, to, to catch up with each other, to make sure we're mentally and physically ready, you know, and, um, they were, um, race wise, you know, Danae in the mile was going to either, you know, she could have first, second or third, right. Any of those girls could have, could have had a had a had a better race, but you know, Danae being healthy and Danae learning more about who she is as a runner um, definitely helped her edge. You know, Hannah from Staples, which I mean, I Hannah, she's great. She's just a competitor. Both sophomores, you know, I wish the other seniors really good luck, but um, it was a fantastic race to watch, and that was kind of. The biggest thing, because once that happened, it, all of a sudden, Chase went in the 55, and and uh, and Gabby in the, in the hurdles, and then we went right into the SMR, and then right into the four by four, and that ball just once the ball started rolling, the girls were like, "Oh, okay, we we can do this." And, right. And I, and I I knew I could say it, I I could preach it to them, I could always say, "You can do this. We're gonna do it." 
but it's up to them and it's up to how they are and, and they, they definitely were mentally, physically strong and it was it was it was a great meet. It was it was just really really fun. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You know, I'm not sure that that's something that we get thought about in track and field, but do you see that there, you know, it is a sport where, you know, momentum can start coming into it a little bit that maybe one, yeah. you know, that early victory uh, in the mile or, you know, can start kind of can maybe sharpen the focus for some of those other athletes coming on. Is that something that you do feel you saw this weekend? Yeah, especially with this, the number of girls that I said, you know, there's there's eight of them that competed and they 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 feed off of each other a little bit uh-huh. and you can go either way. You can go positive or negative and, and sure enough, they were able to keep their cool, stay calm. You just got to do what you need to do. You got I kept saying, you know, you're, you're successful no matter what happens. I mean, and, and sure enough, it happened to be, you know, our day, the yeah. girls pulled it off and uh, it just was, it was an amazing thing to witness um, the four by four, I didn't know how close we were with Staples at that point because I knew the pole vault was still going on. Right. Um, and other people were kind of whispering things. And I just said, you know what, we'll be okay. And, and the girls weren't really taking on because they were more focused on, you know, running their four by four. And sure enough, when it happened and, it, and they started because all the teams, you know, we were ranked one, but... I knew other teams would maybe switch up their orders or switch up their people that they put in. And I, and I stayed through and through with all realize I, I, I didn't change anything. And the girls raced with who they've always raced with. Right. And sure enough, a couple PRs in the four by four, you know, individually and just having that and having a good race against everybody else, um, you know, paid off and, and, and got us, got us those 46 points that we needed. So, yeah. Um, great. just sort of curious. And, and obviously you mentioned there were a lot of, uh, wonderful competitors that, you know, the state open obviously brings oh, together man. the, some of the, you know, yeah. the, the best in the state. And I know the, that girls mile race got a lot of, uh, attention and justifiably. So, uh, are you yeah. able as a coach to kind of see and appreciate some of the other, you know, performances that were going on, uh, that on Saturday or excuse me, on Monday, um, you know, beyond beyond Wilbur Cross, and if so, what were some that maybe stood out to you from from some of the other schools? I know, I know, going into it, you know, on paper, uh, and I don't know names. I know, I know towns. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the girl from uh, Newtown who won the pole vault, you know, she got the meet record. I, I I appreciate that. You know, just she set the bar, you know, that height. I know I'm being cliche, I guess, but she she did what she needed to do, and I you know that was good for her. Um, who else? The girl from South Windsor, I believe she she snuck away. I believe in the 300, um, capping her victory. I believe that's that's true. I hope I'm I'm right in remembering that. Um, on the guys' side, uh, it was amazing to see. And I'm a distance-based guy. You know, I I I I, I truly appreciate the two mile and the mile. So seeing Christian Alvarado, you know, lose in the mile but come back in the two mile and hold yeah. up there and I mean, that was just fantastic. Overall, I was excited to be there as not only a coach with my girls, but as a spectator to witness something that was going to happen that was going to be great. Yeah. You know, I can I can preach about the mile because I had a competitor in it, but just knowing that four girls are going to break five minutes in the mile on that track in New Haven, our city, is just a feat, you know, to, to, to witness and to, to appreciate. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, we, we talked, uh, I talked to, a, a writer who covers the event leading up to it and talked about sort of just the, the three ring circus atmosphere sometimes of track and field can be fun. You sort of just get, uh, yeah. overwhelmed with everything that's going on and all the, the great performances. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously this was your, you said your first go round, uh, with the team, but the, the first championship for Wilbur Cross in this event in, in nearly 10 years. So, just sort of a, as either your first uh, go round with it, or or seeing what it meant to your to your kids. What are you going to most uh, take away and remember from the weekend? I mean, talking to them today because we met today. I gave them yesterday off with the snow and everything. Um, meeting with them today, I said, "Hey, you know, girls, that was great. You know, it was it's very impressive. You guys deserve all the praise and and the acknowledgement and the, and the recognition." And I said. You know, we've got New England's coming up. You know, it's in a week and you know, week and a half. Um, you're 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 good. You're fit. You're having fun. We're gonna keep this going. Keep the momentum. Just remember how you felt. You know, that day, even though some of them had no idea until afterwards, and it was awesome. Um, but my first go around, it it it's surprise. I'm I'm, I'm surpri- not. I don't want to say surprised because I knew I had the talent. But I knew that the way I perceive myself as a coach and the way I am, you know, in general, I'm a high energy, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really outgoing person that I like people. And I'm an open book. I tell everybody that I'm an open book. If, if the question's appropriate, I'll answer it. If, if, if you need something, you ask, don't hesitate. So just knowing that I was, you know, the base foundation of of my girls' team is a very young team. Yeah. I say team lightly because I want it to be a program and I want to keep it going. I don't want this just to be, you know, my first go around. I want Wilbercross girls' team to 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 do it again. And 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 I think and know that the way we've worked this year and what they know my expectations are and how they are physically and how they are as um, you know, their grade level being sophomores and even freshmen, I only have a couple juniors and a couple seniors. We're gonna, we're, we're, we look great for the future. And that's, and I don't want them to be part of the team. I want them to be part of a program. And I want it to start that way. And, and that's what I told them at the beginning of the year when, you know, not everybody was able to qualify for states. And the girls, like you said, little three ring circus, if, if, if girls came out and wanted to run, that's fantastic because, right. I'm a big advocate of you got to play a sport for three seasons. If you want to play soccer, run indoor and then play tennis. Great. That's right. fine. Be a three sport athlete because it's athletes. You manage your time a little better. And I'm speaking from myself because that's what I did. And I ran all three seasons um, when I was in high school and college and it, it just helps you out. Yes. The kids are maybe more tired physically. Um, but it's gonna. It, 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 I just feel it's it's great when student athletes know that they can do it, and then they can participate, and they, they they keep it going in the the classroom as well as on the track or whatever field they're playing on. So, I mean, it was just a great. I mean, I'm excited for the future. That that's what I'll leave it at. I'm 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 excited to see what happens from here. Um, excited for New England, and uh, the girls are excited. You know they're they're really they're really on on cloud nine and it, and it's great. So 
Well, excellent. And uh, you mentioned it, so I'll just kind of quickly uh, hit on this. The, the New England Championships will be uh, March 1st uh, in Boston. Yes. What are your yes. sort of expectations uh, and hopes as you turn uh, your focus towards that event? I, I mean, with, with and the biggest change is there's no sprint medley relay, mm-hmm. which is fine, and that's that's fine. And the reason I, I kept that S part together is I wanted them to – obviously scored the points and, and maybe get their time faster. We're ranked seven in the nation right now at that time. And we're going to go to the new balance nationals, but that's not for a while. And new England's is first. So just to know the girls are going to have fresher legs um, in the four by four. I'm hoping that we can PR again. I, I know we will, but I know the work they're going to put in and, and, and their, their, their mind and attitude is going to be fine. Um, Jason's running out of her mind right now for the 55 dash. She's understanding the importance of the work ethic and just being, being with us and, 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 and doing what she needs to do. is just great. So I don't know. I know there's a girl, I forgot where she's from. I think it's Massachusetts. Who's at the fastest New England time now. So I don't, I don't know if Jason's going to be ranked two or not. Mm Mm-hmm. But I just know she's going to give her a fight. Like, I yeah. want her to, to improve her time. Um, Gabby making hurdles is amazing. And then our 4x4 four four is going gonna, is gonna, to, you know, have some people to run with again. And if that's the case, they're, they're going to they're gonna get they're gonna Their time will be faster. And then Danae in the mile, um, there's a girl, I think she's from Rhode Island, maybe even Massachusetts, um, that outkicked her. Uh, in the first meet we attended, which was the Rhode Island Classic this year, um, it was the first meet of the you know our season. Right. Due to all the snow, and I heard a parent and, and another coach say that that the girl Danae was running against is is one of the best finishers in mm-hmm. New England, and, and it showed. She kicked with three laps to go, and Danae couldn't uh, didn't make the movement she should have, and I think that Danae competing on Monday. And having that kick over Hannah, it kind of just set her up for okay, I'm ready to make a move if someone is willing to, you know. And uh, right. you know, we're we're looking. I mean, I don't. Regardless, I I hope we do the best we can. I hope we do, you know, continue lowering our times and, and getting faster. And and uh, we'll we'll see on March first. So I'm excited for that. Wonderful. Well, we'll certainly uh, be keeping our eyes on that. And you uh, you gave fans a lot of excitement uh, this past weekend. Uh, what was a, a just an outstanding championship, and a, I'm not sure you can ask for much better than than that close of a of a team competition at a, a state open like that. So, Coach, right. uh, thanks very much for for chatting with us, and congratulations again, and, and best of luck Thank as you, you uh, as the team goes forward this season, and then uh, as you keep going forward with the uh, with Wilbur Cross. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Thank you. We've done a little bit of looking back at the Open Indoor Track and Field Championships. Now let's take a little bit of a look ahead as we've got a bu- another busy weekend of winter championship action starting on Friday with four class wrestling championships getting underway. We reached out to Nick Green of the Hartford Current to talk a little bit about the upcoming events this weekend. Chatting now with Nick Green of the Hartford Current, who uh, is on the wrestling beat for the Current, and we're happy to have him along to talk about the division championships, which are coming up this weekend. So, Nick, thanks very much for uh, being with us. 
Joel, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. We certainly uh, love this time of year when we can kind of focus in on some of the some of the championship action that's going on this weekend. So we do have the the four class championships that are taking place Friday and Saturday uh, of this coming week. So just kind of wanted to ask big picture uh, as as you head into the weekend and are kind of trying to keep track of what's going on. What are some of the big stories or or in particular things that you're looking to keep an eye on that kind of jump out at you as the big stories as we we go into the weekend? Right, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you talk about wrestling, um, you know, one of the first things, you always look at the biggest schools, um, Danbury, Xavier, the Class L tournament is always, um, you know, it's always an exciting one. Um, you know, I think Danbury probably has the sort of pedigree to, to probably earn the right to be the favorite going in there, but mm-hmm. Xavier has been uh, has been strong this year. They have a lot of depth, um, and I think if they have a couple guys who can win a couple matches, upset some people, they might be able to... Uh, give Danbury a little bit of a run here. You know, Danbury overtook Xavier last year, right. uh, two years in a row. Um, and as far as the other tournaments go, you know, I really like some of the smaller stories, not necessarily about winners. You know, in uh, Class S, Morgan, for example, hadn't won a tournament in 10 years, and, and they came out and won a tournament this year. And uh, it's interesting to see how teams like that do when they get to that big stage and, and see how their kids perform. Absolutely. Um, so you talked about, uh, you look at some of the, you know, the, those championships you mentioned the the battle in double l probably you know kind of look at danbury and xavier as sort of the 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 favorites there at least what do you expect will be some of the more competitive team uh competitions and some of the other classes as we as we go into the weekend um you know looking at uh for example class uh f i'm, I'm sorry class f mm-hmm. um, wyndham was the winner last year uh wyndham's has, has a, some really strong depth top to bottom mainly in the lighter weight classes but they uh they recently lost their ECC title to Ledger. Um, I think uh, you know you look at you look at them. What what will happen there? Um, you know, looking at uh, Class M um, teams like Bacon Academy, they always seem to be strong in the tournament. And then you look at a team like Avon, um, who's always really really strong in the N Triple C. You know, how will they compete against one each other? So in Class M, I'm really looking at you know Bacon and Avon. What can they do? Um, you know, F and uh, I'm sorry, that's in uh, Class M and Class F. As I said, uh, you know, I think Wyndham Wyndham is uh, a team to really look at. You know, the defending champion. Um, who else? And you know, there's other teams as well. You know, that don't get as much notoriety, but can sure. kind of come out of nowhere. You know, Adam Killingworth has a lot of uh, has a lot of wrestlers seated fairly high. Again, it's all a matter, you know, how the matchups play out and. You know, if they can win a couple events here and there, you know, they can surprise the people and get some place finishers and finish up near the top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we should mention that uh, we're, we're having this conversation before the uh, the double L and L seeds uh, have been posted. Those meetings were postponed due to the uh, fun winter weather we've been experiencing uh-huh. here uh, for the past, uh, seems like for the past two months, but more recently. So those will come out. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Those will actually be posted uh Wednesday night, so uh, a little bit harder to handicap those because we don't quite know how the uh, the seedings are coming out. But just in terms of uh, you know some of the top individuals, um, who are you keeping an eye on and, uh, and folks that you're looking forward to see uh, wrestle this weekend? Right, um, uh, Tyler Burrow is a uh, is a young or a senior wrestler from Bristol Central. Um, he's a guy who has has tournament winning experience. He's won that Bristol Central tournament now two years running. Uh, wrestles at 132, I believe. He's um, you know, he, he's a great football player. He was undersized in football as a running back and still managed to do a lot of great things. And you can mm-hmm. kind of see it when he wrestles. He's, 
it almost looks a little bit more fun for him than he does for most people because he's actually on an even playing field, not going against all those big defensive linemen and linebackers. <laughs> right. He's a so he's a fun guy to watch. Um, you know, Colin Cunningham from Xavier, the coach's son. Um, he has had along with the other three captains there had great seasons. You know, hasn't lost or at least uh, last I checked with them, hasn't lost in the state. So I think you know Xavier always seems to send a guy to the opens in New England. He might be that guy this year. Um, you know, Wyndham has uh, Sebastian Rufino, who uh, wrestles at 120 pounds, 34 and two this year. Um, he's been someone who's been around for a little bit, who seems like he might be able to make some noise um, sure. in Class M. You're looking at uh, let's see here, Berlin, Mike Burick, who is a uh, 30 and three. He's uh, he's really impressed. Um, you know, Berlin plays in a tough, tough, tough uh, conference there in the CCC, and uh, they've really sort of bounced back this year and sort of regained the form that they've had in past years. So, yep. you know, there's there are, there's so many guys. It's kind of it's kind of hard to handicap you know, sure. just a few because there's there's so many. But there's there's a lot of great stories out there. Obviously, wrestling is just uh, it seems to just give itself to great stories and you know great features for these guys. Absolutely, uh, which sort of uh, leads into my my next question, which actually is one we uh, we didn't talk about uh, ahead of time. But I'm just curious, sort of, you know, obviously the the focus is on the championships this weekend, and that's an easy thing to sort of focus uh, you know focus in on. But what were some of you know maybe your favorite matches or, or sort of stories from this year? You talked about Morgan, um, you know, coming away with a tournament win when they hadn't in <clears throat> excuse me in quite some time were there any other sort of stories that that jumped out at you that you were able to cover this year that really uh stood out you know that that morgan story to me stood out the most you know just just talking to the coaches and the seniors who had been there for so long and and to see you know just to you know for them to kind of get over that hump and see the confidence that just that one tournament win could give them mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun um and i mentioned tyler burrow from bristol central he was a really interesting fun guy um you know, the the rise of Berlin again, Berlin was down to, if I'm not mistaken, you know, maybe only seven or eight wrestlers right. um, a few years ago. And, uh, you know, Jim Day, who's been there for a long time, and really credited his seniors and stuff for recruiting, getting more kids out. And, you know, they were flirting in and out of the top ten all year. Um, this Simsbury-Farmington sort of budding rivalry in the CCC West is, is really interesting. Um, you know, they, they go back and forth last year, you know, in, in the tournament, in the regular season. Simsbury wins the CCC West this year. That's been a very fun, two very competitive teams to watch. Um, and then, and then Avon and the NCCC. They've, I, I believe, if if I my research is correct, they haven't lost an NCCC match in almost seven years. And mm-hmm. so the Falcons have really been a, a fun story to watch. And an, another fun story I'm actually working on. If I'm can do some shameless shameless self promotion, I'm working on a story for the for the uh, current this week. Um, he's a former Middletown wrestler. His name is Rich Perry, um, and he is a senior at Bloomsburg University. has the uh, has the chance to be the only third, uh, only the fourth Connecticut-born wrestler to be a Division One All-American. Oh wow! Um, he's uh, a wrestler at 197 pounds. He's 28 and one. Uh, so wrestling just you know throughout the state, whether it's even in high school or kids have gone on, really just has so many great stories. Absolutely, and it's certainly one of the you know I think makes for a an incredible uh, spectator event for, for fans you want to go out this weekend because you have so much going on, you know, all the different mats and all the different weight classes. Uh, it, it can be a little almost overwhelming at times watching, but uh, so much uh, so much good for the spectators. Uh, yeah, it can be. You know, the first even the first few times I covered these big meets, you know, there's so much going on at once, and you, and you don't really know, you know, what's happening, and you just kind of got to let it, you know, give yourself a minute to take it all in, try to figure out what you're watching. 
And, you know, as the days go on, as it gets later and later in the rounds get later, then everything kind of seems to click in place for it. And it, it, it. Like you said, it is a great spectator sport when you get to those finals consolation rounds. It's, it's a lot of fun to see just the energy and the passion these kids have out there. Absolutely. So just uh, kind of wrapping it up, you know, obviously the, the class championships this weekend and then followed by the Open Championship, which will be uh, next weekend on Friday and Saturday. Uh, just curious in talking to schools and, and talking to coaches, if there's a difference in sort of how they prepare for the class championships as opposed to the open championship, or is it sort of a, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the open once we get to it. Is there, or is there some sort of strategy that comes into place in terms of how teams, you know, kind of get ready with these sort of back-to-back uh, championship right. format? You know, I, I think, and uh, you know, I can't speak for every coach. I think they all probably have their own, their own philosophies on it, but I would, if I would have to guess, I think most of them look at, the class championships as something as a team that they can probably they focus on these class championships more as a team title Mm -hmm. whereas i think when you get to the open obviously you don't have as many kids there once you get to the open you know these these coaches obviously they want to win an open for their kids but i think it's more important for the coaches when they get to the opens when they get to new england that these kids place well they move on to the next event and and that i think the opens new england's are more about the individuals i think that's how they focus on it you know a lot of these guys wrestling isn't a sport like basketball where you know seniors in basketball playing basketball for 10 years by the time you know they reach that senior year a lot of these kids have only been wrestling for some of them three four even less than that years mm-hmm. um so i think coaches really just try to build build everything up to get to these conference tournaments and these state tournaments and then from there they can just kind of see how it plays out and i think then they focus a little bit more on the individuals. Gotcha. Well, that's good to know. And uh, we certainly will be excited to crown uh, four championships this weekend. So the uh, championships on Friday and Saturday, the double L at Trumbull, the L at Bristol Central, the M at Jonathan Law, and then the S is at Wyndham. So we hope uh, fans will tune out and I er, will we'll check those out. And we know that uh, we'll, Nick Green will be uh, providing some great coverage for it. So Nick, thanks very much for, for joining us and uh, enjoy the weekend. Joel, thank you very much for having me, and uh, enjoy the weekend yourself. Hopefully we all get to see some uh, great wrestling. I'm sure we will. Thanks very much. Finally, we don't want to end on uh, too somber of a note, but a important person in the world of high school athletics and really the the state of Connecticut in general passed away last week so we wanted to get some perspective on the life of Doc Hurley so we reach out to a a podcast favorite Tom Yance of the Hartsford Current to talk a little bit about the legacy of Doc Hurley and also just a little catch up on what's going on in the world of boys basketball across the state right now. Joined on the phone now by Tom Yance of the Hartford Current, one of our, uh, I think, more frequent podcast guests as we uh, we actually hit right around our one-year anniversary. So we're always happy to have uh, Tom be with us. So, Tom, thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. No problem. My pleasure. I uh, wanted to talk with you. Uh, obviously, it was, a, it was an emotional sort of uh, week in, in Hartford as uh, Doc Hurley passed away last week, really an important figure um, in, in the, the Hartford high school sports world, but also just the world of Hartford in general. Um, and, and the current ran a lot of wonderful stories about him, including some, some pieces that you wrote. So I just wanted to kind of give you a chance to, to talk a little bit and kind of to, to spread the, the word about Doc Hurley maybe a little bit broader. Um, so I guess just kind of starting off, what were sort of your big takeaway as you kind of tried to, you know, sort of get the, the task of kind of trying to sum up the, the impact and kind of the life he had and, and what he meant to the, the city of Hartford? Well, it was, you never want to write obituaries, but as a journalist, it was very enlightening and, and 
almost spiritual to a degree because I, I've never encountered, and I've been in the business, you know, almost four decades now in mm-hmm. sports, and someone who impacted the community so much, and not just sports. I mean, yeah. he touched people in sports, but he, the big thing was he touched people and helped people to go to college for scholarships, to get a computer, to maybe talk to someone at a particular college, maybe to get um, an opportunity to go to that college. That's the kind of person he was. And I mean, I interviewed a lot of people um, Monday, uh, the day after he passed away, and so many of the quotations were similar, but but so many of them just stick out. I mean, um, Howie Dickman, the basketball coach over at Central Connecticut State University, said no matter whoever met um, Doc, whoever encountered him, mm-hmm. never would, never could have a bad story to say about him. Yeah, that's that's quite that's quite remarkable in in our, you know, in our digital world where where everything you do is recorded and sure. So that was um, um, that was that was the big thing that impressed me about him the most. Uh, you know, when you sort of look at just his impact, uh, you know, sort of on on the the city, what what was um, you know what were Kind of specifically, maybe for people who don't know, you know, kind of his his story. What was? How would you kind of sum up? I guess you know, kind of what what he did for Hartford and and for the high schools there and and that sort of thing. Well, he um, he was involved in sports. He was a, an official, a football and also a basketball official. But he he was very involved with um, um, promoting sports. Um, in fact, the the field house at, at Weaver high school is, is named the Doc Hurley Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. um, and he never coached basketball. Um, but he was a great player at Weaver, four-sport four athlete um, in the early 40s. He went to college down in Virginia, served in the Marines, um, and then he came back to Hartford probably in the late 50s and remained ever since. Um, so, I mean, he helped, he helped athletes. He helped people. He helped everyone who, who he met. Yeah, I mean, just a re- remarkable, remarkable, unique person that that uh, you don't see that often at all, especially in in in, the, in our world. Yeah, uh, did did you get a chance to talk to any? Um, you know, I mean, obviously you talked to a lot of people, but uh, what was sort of the the, the emotion or, or um, you know kind of feelings from folks that you talked to? Uh, you know, in kind of trying to 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 recognize what he had done for for that community. Yeah, it, it wasn't sadness. I mean, it it um, it was much more joy at, at the man, about the man, and about what he did and what he represented. And mm-hmm. um, um, I know Rob Fleeting, a uh, very fine football coach at Windsor, um, grew up was a former Weaver coach, and he mentioned to me that you know, growing up in, in the city of Hartford, that if anyone needed help a parent or, or a child or somebody, if you had no other recourse, if you, you used up all your avenues of, of help that you thought were available, mm-hmm. you said you always could count on call on Doc. Yeah. And he would try to help you. I mean that's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah. Um you know, and and not just for the city of Hartford. I mean he obviously he had a he has a basketball tournament um in his honor, and they had scholarships and donated money and everything. They've run into some legal uh, problems uh, this past year. They didn't have it because the funds uh, were not available. But the people in the community are banding together, and the Doc Curley 
classic. Uh, I will be very surprised if it does not return uh, in December. Yeah, seems like that would be a, a pretty appropriate legacy for you know people to sort of uh, join together and, and make sure that that uh, that great tradition continues there. So encourage everyone to uh, to check out. It was just a, a series of wonderful pieces in the current, and you can find them online or go back and, and find the the editions of the current from from last week to read about the legacy of just a a man who, as you said, you know, seemed to really understand that uh, he, he helped athletes and he helped students and and sort of understood that the athletics. Was was, was part of the student experience and and just uh, you know really work to benefit kids and that's certainly what the, what the CIC uh, strives to be about and appreciated everything that that he did so uh, while we have Tom here he's certainly uh, along with um, many other things covers the the boys basketball beat uh, around the state so we're just about uh, looking at the calendar just about a month until the uh, the the championships will will tip off at Mohegan um, in uh, in, in boys and girls basketball. So just kind of a quick glance around, Tom, as you've uh, sort of been covering the the scene this winter, what has sort of jumped out at you as, as maybe the big stories, the big trends, uh, anything in particular that kind of stands out other than the uh, the miserable weather that keeps changing everyone's schedules? Um, what has jumped out about the, the boys' basketball season this, uh, thus far? Um, I mean, balance is an easy word to say. Um, and it applies to most of the classes. I mean, Fairfield Prep, with Pascal being seven foot two, mm-hmm. is going to my alma mater. I'll give a little plug for Providence College. He's going to Providence College. Oh, there you go. As a as a as a former uh, friar uh, student over there. So for me, it's great. But I mean, he Fairfield Prep. If you look at the double L class, Fairfield Prep is has shown they're the only, as we speak, the only undefeated team still in the state. Mm-hmm. Even with injuries, they're still they're still formidable. They play like a team. Um, they've been challenged, but they've they've beaten all the newcomers. And so um, they also, because they did not win the title last year, or have a little bit more motivation this year. So yeah, um, that's that's the the big thing that stands out is is the seven foot two and how solid that Fairfield Prep team is. Um, you know. As I said, balance is, is the operative word, and that's really in, in all the classes. I mean, in L, I mean, you know, this morning I think Windsor, I'm sorry, not Windsor, um, East Hartford is an 18 seed. Um, East Hartford lost by three points to Fairfield Prep last year in the semis. Right. And East Hartford has a lot of returning players coming back. It's sort of a team that you don't want to face because if they're on. They can win, but there's a lot of depth. The same thing with Hillhouse. I mean, Hillhouse is the defending champ. Um, I think they're like a, an 11 or 12 seed. Right. Um, they're not an 11 or 12 seed. They're a much better team than that. So um, that that's the thing I see in in Double L. Yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, makes for an interesting. Uh, will, will make for an interesting tournament. I think you sort of get the feeling that that maybe other than that, that Fairfield Prep sort of sitting at the top. That there's no real uh, trying to predict how things might play out is, is probably a little bit of a fool's errand as uh, as we we head into the uh, the winter months. Any or uh, any um, sort of things you're looking for, particularly as we kind of the, it, we're just kind of getting into to conference and league championship season. Anything that you're particularly keeping an eye on uh, on the boys basketball side anything that's particularly intriguing to you at this point yeah well, i i i i always seek the counsel of weather.com because uh, <laughs> with all the snow outs with all the snow outs and postponements there are some teams that are very hard pressed to get their regular seasons in and and you know you don't want to play 
three consecutive days or four consecutive days to get games in. But unfortunately, with the schedule, that's what you have to do. So um, it's crunch time, and with the the various conference tournaments, that you know, teams look at it a different way. Some teams um, love playing in that in their own tournaments because it prepares them for the states. Right. Other teams who might be having a few injuries. Um, you know, we'll say, well, you know what, um, we, our focus is on the states, and sort of it's sort of a balancing act there a little bit. Um, but as far as, um, besides checking the, the weather forecast, <laughs> yes, I mean, all, um, it, it's, it's obviously it's what teams are, are playing well this time of year. I mean, um, I mean, say, for example, the hand team of Madison, I mean, they're 13-6, and six, but they just beat Xavier by like 15 points in Middletown. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of team in, in Class L, again, a, a middle-type middle, middle type seed that um, could be peaking. And Andre Frederick, who's a 6'8 center, he's coming back from an injury just in time for the uh, for the postseason. So right. um, those are the kind of things you, you always look at. And you, teams never, knock on wood, you, you never want to get someone hurt. Um, but really, it's, 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 it's a one-shot deal. It's, it's the best of times for... For basketball fans and for players and coaches, it's the you know all the the ratings and the prognostications. They re- really don't mean anything once the states start, and it's everyone's equal. And um, as we've seen in previous years, and we'll see again this year, don't even look at the seeds because um, low seeds can win just as easily as the high seeds. Yes, absolutely. Particularly, yeah, I think in the early rounds, it's it's really uh, just uh, some wonderful games, and uh, we're very excited about it. So we will uh, we will keep an eye on everything that you're writing for the current, and again, I hope that folks will check out all the the wonderful things that were written um, about Doc Hurley and, and his legacy. But then also uh, keep up to date as uh, as Tom Tom Yance's weather blog uh, stays uh, stays current on the uh, on the Hartford Current. So Tom, thanks as always for being with us, and uh, we'll catch you down the road. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to Tom Yance for being with us, along with all of our guests this week. Rob Murray from Danbury High School, Travis Gale from Wilbur Cross High School, Nick Green from The Current, and Tom Yance as well. Great guests and a lot of good conversation this week. Hope you enjoyed it. That is going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. We will certainly be back again soon looking at all of the postseason championship action. It's going to be a busy month or so here at the CIAC offices and around the state. Hope you folks will enjoy it. Be sure to check out Tournament Central uh, on CIACsports.com. Check out CIACsports.com. Our Twitter feed, at Sports is a great place to stay up to date on everything that's going on around the state and with updates. You can also sign up for tournament updates. Be sure to look for that on Tournament Central. That's another great way to get texts or emails with all of the results that matter most to you as we head into more tournament competition. So thanks once again for being with us. We hope to hear you and be with you again real soon here on the CIAC Cast. <laughs>